0: Uh, dealing with, or at least in the 11 o'clock hour, uh, dealing with the idea that uh, we're not to be under the bondage of law. Uh, We know that salvation is by grace alone, uh, by faith alone, Um, and so it's not by our works of righteousness. It's not by the keeping of the law that we're saved, nor is it the keeping of the law that keeps us saved. I was uh, talking with a fellow downstairs, one of Brother Ted's uh, relatives downstairs, and he was saying, boy, that blessing—that was a timely message for him and was a help to him because he was raised in a church that taught not only do you have to uh, live a certain way to get saved, but then you have to maintain that salvation by continuing to live that way. And he said that it was just such a, f- a liberating message for him uh, to encourage him in that. And, folks, it's important that we understand the liberty that we have in Christ. Uh, we are not to... Uh, we're not to abuse that liberty, but we are to take full advantage of that liberty. Uh, we are free in Christ. Uh, we are not under bondage in Christ. Um, any any obligation to the Lord Jesus now should be something that we impose upon ourselves for our love for Him uh, and the fact that we're wanting to follow His word. It's a choice we must make. Um, and so want to encourage us in, this, in these things. 1 Corinthians chapter 6, and um, Paul is going to continue to teach on a little bit on this subject. And he says in verse number 12, if you look down, 1 uh, Corinthians chapter 6 and verse number 12, and we spent a, a few verses ahead of that reading last hour, um, that such were some of us, but now we're washed, now we're sanctified, now we're justified, in the name of the Lord Jesus and by the Spirit of our God. And then he says in verse 12... All things are lawful unto me, but, and here's the key, all things are not expedient. All things are lawful for me, but I will not be brought under the power of any. Let's pray together. Father, I pray that you'll bless uh, the message and the time that we spend around your word, that you would uh, open our eyes, help us to have full understanding And rightly divide your word. May your Holy Spirit do a work in our hearts. And, uh, Lord, that we would be careful to love the liberty and to take full advantage of the liberty that we have in you. But certainly that we would not abuse it. And so, Father, help us to learn from your word today how we can govern this liberty in our lives and use it to its fullest extent without abusing it or causing a reproach to your name. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. Paul's speaking here of the idea that uh, we, are, we are certainly uh, different uh, now that we're saved than we were before we were saved. And he speaks of that uh, in the verses ahead of these things. We read them in the 11 o'clock hour that there was a time where uh, there were uh, some of us that were a certain way in our past life. But because we got saved... Now we're living a different way. We're crucified to the flesh. We're now living by the faith of the Son of God and uh, the importance of that, that we are not under the bondage of the law. Um, In fact, in chapter 5, I think it is of Galatians, he says, Stand fast, therefore, in the liberty wherewith Christ hath made you free, and be not entangled again with the yoke of bondage. The idea being that, that there were, again, these Judaizers that were uh, teaching that you had to have not just grace, but you had to have grace and works in order to be saved. So Paul is, is very strong on this issue of liberty. And he says, all things are lawful to me. Uh, we, we can live, if, if we've put our faith in the Lord Jesus Christ... Uh, we are at liberty. We don't lose our salvation. We are eternally secure. If we sin now, we are still secure. We're still saved. We lose our fellowship with God uh, in our daily walk with him, but we are eternally secure, and aren't we glad for that? I'll tell you, that's one of the most uh, peaceful things in a Christian's life that we can hold on to, That even though we may still stumble and sin in this life or succumb to temptation in this life, even after we're saved, we are still saved. Christ is our surety. He is the one that guarantees our salvation. It's his righteousness that saves us, not ours. So not only does our works not get us saved, our works does not keep us saved. So Paul is saying here, there's some liberty that we have. However... And Paul is very strong about this. He teaches quite often in scriptures about the idea that just because we have liberty does not mean that we can live carnally or foolishly. And so in this passage, he's teaching the church at Corinth, who was noted for the worldliness that was in their midst. Uh, the, the city that they lived in was, uh, was one of the uh, most ungodly uh, and given to idolatry, given to paganism, uh, cities in that time, and that 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 influence of that city had crept into the church in Corinth. And so Paul is teaching him here: there is liberty in Christ, but just because there's liberty, does not necessarily mean that you have to go out and do this. Um, and so I want to I want to give you some principles, three specific principles that Paul teaches. Uh, regarding the subject of liberty, and that I hope will help us when we are seeking to live in such a way that we're pleasing to the Lord and that we have a good testimony before men. Um, Because even though things are lawful for us, is it always wise to do some things? Now, there are some standards we can look at, and we know from Scripture that that is wrong. I should stay away from that. Not do that. There are other things of Scripture that tell us what we should do. And we can look at that and we say, that's what I'm supposed to do. I'm going to do that. But just because uh, there are some things that are right and some things that are wrong does not mean that everything that doesn't fall into one of those two categories has to be done by a Christian. There's some wisdom, there's some discernment that I believe God intends for his children to have. Uh, regarding our conduct. And just because something is lawful does not mean that it's expedient. So let's take a look at this. We're going to look at a couple things. He says, first of all, all things are lawful unto me, but all things are not expedient. Uh, so he's saying this on the heels of teaching uh, about people who had uh, an offense towards someone and they were taking them before lost judges to seek damages. And we would look at that and say, well, you know, if somebody did me wrong and there's a loss on my part, is it really sinful for me to take them before a judge and get what is rightfully mine? The truth is, I don't know that there's anything sinful about that. But is it expedient? Is it good for the cause of Christ? Is it something that is a wise thing for Christians to be doing and, and so Paul Paul says that even though he's things are lawful for him, not everything that uh, can be done in the life of a Christian is an expedient thing to do. I heard one fellow say it this way uh, the idea of expediency is is something that assists you. Along the way, to accomplish what you're striving for. I looked it up in Webster's uh, Dictionary, and they came up with several definitions that, that were part of the spiritual context of the word. And they were this, to urge forward, to promote the object that is proposed, fit or suitable for the purpose, proper under the circumstances, useful, profitable... Are those types of things um, in life, such as taking someone to law, uh, is that an expedient thing for a Christian to be involved in? So for testimony's sake, for the sake of of being um, a good light in this world and shining a light of the glorious gospel of the Lord Jesus, would it not be better for us to suffer the wrong and just to take it? and uh, not have to go to court with one another, especially if it's another brother or sister in Christ. And so Paul's using that as an illustration. Another, t- uh, another place uh, that he also deals with this subject is, he talks about people who uh, were eating meat that, were sa- that was sacrificed to idols. Now, Paul being saved, he, he said, I know that an idol is no thing at all. It's just a rock. It's just a tree in some cases. And, and there, there is no deity there. You're not worshiping him. And so to eat meat sacrificed to that idol, uh, to a Christian, you have liberty to do that. You're welcome to eat that meat. There's no offense in that. But he said to some people, it's a stumbling block. And he said since it's a stumbling block to some people, and to see me eating meat that was sacrificed to idols, even though it's fully right for me to do that, he said, I won't eat the meat. Why? Because it wasn't expedient. It was going to be a stumbling block to someone else. Um, there are a number of things throughout Scripture <clears throat> that are taught this way, and the Apostle Paul speaks of them. Um, and people that are not as mature spiritually as some, that can take an, uh, an, are easily more easily offended by things or more easily sidetracked by some things they're not wrong they're not sinful things but they're not things that are going to help that brother or sister in Christ they are things that may even be offensive to someone and Paul said you know what if that's the case I'm not going to do it Um, (laughs) and I'm going to share I'm going to share something well I better not do that one I I was going to share a very personal thing but um there, there are things that, as a Christian, we are at liberty to do. But they're not necessarily the best idea to do them. And this is what Paul says. And, and the, uh, I was listening to one fellow. He, he says, give us the idea of a home field or a home court advantage. Um, when you play sports and you're going to be in the championship game, people try to get the best record, because typically in those types of situations, the team that has the best record, they play the tournament at their field, and it gives them a an advantage. They have the home crowd there. It's, it's their field. They're comfortable with it, and they're not out, out of uh, their normal routine of things. And it gives them the best and the greatest possibility of gaining the victory. And I thought when this fellow said that, used that illustration, I thought, boy, that's that's a great illustration for this. Even though things are lawful for me, is it going to give me the best chance to have victory in my life or to help someone else have victory in their life? And so, yes, there's some, there's some liberty in Christ. But just because we have liberty doesn't mean we have to go out here and do things that are foolish or things that are harmful to others that would perceive either our testimony Or they would look at it in their own life and being a weaker person or not understanding scriptures well enough may be offended by what we're doing. And Paul says it's not expedient. And then he goes on to say this in verse 12. He says, all things are lawful unto me, but all things are not expedient. All things are lawful for me, but I will notice this. I will not be brought under the power of any. Now, I'm going to use an illustration here. Uh, My mom and I get a chuckle out of this sometimes. But when I was a kid, uh, my mom, uh, we lived on a block that had a little general store at the end of our block. It was about 10 or 12 houses down from where we lived. And my mom loved their coffee. And back then they made these, they were called Grandma's Cookies. I don't know if you remember those or not. They were big cookies and they were soft and doughy and I mean, just, oh, my mouth's watering thinking about them. And she loved those those cookies and those those coffees. And um, I, I give her a hard time because I, I tell her, Mom, we didn't always have food on the table, but you always made sure you had that coffee and that cookie. And uh, it wasn't quite that bad. But uh, there were times that she would always, like every morning, she'd say, Greg, get on your bike. Ride down there to the general store. And I hated riding with hot... You get a little kid, you know, 10, 12 years old, riding with hot coffee on a bike, this bumpy road. You're trying to hold this coffee in one hand, ride the bike, and hold the cookie in the other hand, and not smash the cookie, not spill the coffee. And, you know, and I got pretty good at it after a while. But I give my mom a hard time about it because there was one day it was it was raining. It wasn't bad. It was just a little light mist, a little drizzle. It wasn't like pouring down rain. And she said, Greg, run down to the store and get me a coffee and a, and a grandma's cookie. I said, Mom, it's raining. And she said, go. I said, mom, I think you're addicted to coffee. Now that was not the right thing to say. After I picked myself up off the floor, uh, she said, I am not addicted. Now go get my coffee. (laughs) We joke about that. To this day, she and I joke about that. We laugh at it now. And I'm not saying that coffee is the wrong thing to do. But there are things in our life, are there not, that are not necessarily sinful. But they sure gain an awful lot of power over us. Things that consume our time. Things that consume our resources that God has entrusted us with for his work. That can consume us. That can bring us under its power. And if you're here and you drink coffee, I drink a lot of coffee. I'm not getting on coffee drinkers today today. I'm just saying that there are things that can bring us under their power that are not necessarily sinful. And Paul said, look, even though it's lawful, if it's going to be something that brings me under its control, I'm not going to go there. I'm going to make sure that I have the control that I need to be able to yield myself to the Lord Jesus and not have that interfere with my walk with the Lord. Are there things in our life that detract us that sidetrack us, that cause us to be distracted from pursuing the things of the Lord. And these are things that Paul would refer to and say, they bring us under their power. They cause us to follow them instead of pursuing after God. And Paul says, it's lawful, but I'm not going to be brought under the power of any. Just not going to. So is it, is it beneficial to us? Is it, is it something that will be expedient in our lives, that will um, urge us forward in the Christian life? Is it something that will cause us to press for the mark? It may not be sinful, but if it's causing us or hindering our growth in the Lord Jesus, let's not have that in our life. If it's something that is going to bring us under its power, let's not have that in our life. Let's have ourselves fully yielded to the Holy Spirit and Him alone. That's it. And everything else falls under first His will for our lives. Now turn over to 1 Corinthians chapter number 10, if you will. And Paul is going to give us our third thing about this thing of all things are lawful. And a very similar verse in verse number 23 First Corinthians chapter 10 and verse number 23. Once again, we find the first part of this verse dealing with expediency. And you kind of get the idea that this is an important part. Paul says once again, all things are lawful for me, but all things are not expedient. We've already taught on that. But then he brings a new character uh, characteristic into light, and that is this. All things are lawful for me, but all things, what? Edify not. So three things that ought to be a rule that we look at, or three rules that we look at, when we're judging what we allow in our lives and what we don't allow in our lives. I'm not going to lose my salvation if I don't do these things. They're lawful for me. But are they the wisest thing for me to do? The first question is, is what I'm involving myself in, is this expedient? Is it something that is urging me forward, pressing me toward the mark of growing in the Christian life? If it's not expedient, if it's not giving me that every possibility of being victorious in my life as a Christian, then then I shouldn't have a part of it. Is it bringing me under its power? If it's bringing me under its power, then I shouldn't have any part of it. And then lastly, is it edifying? Is it edifying? Now, again, I looked up the word edifying the Webster's 1828 for you. And again, for the spiritual application, the definition that Webster's gives is this. To instruct and improve the mind in knowledge, generally and particularly in moral and religious knowledge in faith and holiness. Let me read that to you one more time. To instruct and improve the mind in knowledge, generally and particularly in moral and religious knowledge, in faith and holiness. Is this building my faith? And is this building the holiness that's lived out in my life? And Paul says it's lawful It's lawful, but not everything that's lawful edifies. Not everything that's lawful is the smartest thing for you and I to be involved in. And so the the lesson this afternoon are, are three rules, if you will, that we can use in our lives to determine not just what's lawful and what's not lawful, but to determine what's wise and what's not wise. Uh, somebody said it this way, that taking the high road is not choosing between what is good and what is bad, but choosing between what is good and what is best and always choosing the best. And this is what Paul is referring to here. He's not saying these things are wrong. If you don't do them, you're still going to go to heaven. But the way to have the victorious Christian life, to have a thriving, growing vibrant christian life is to consider not just the lawfulness or unlawfulness of it but to consider is it expedient is it bringing me under its power and is it going to edify is it going to grow me is it going to build me up is it going to strengthen me and secondly is it going to strengthen those around me am i going to be able to edify others as well So three rules. Hopefully, they'll be a help to us. Is it expedient? Is it bringing me under its power? And does it edify? All right? Hope that'll help us. Let's stand together. Father, we're thankful once again for your word, for its instruction in righteousness. Lord, without it, uh, we would be doomed.